Wow to that song and the choir. Thank you, choir. That was beautiful. We're going to send word to Pastor Gary that it was outstanding, okay? Pastor Gary had some surgery on his foot this week, and they just did so good without him, didn't they? <laughs> we want to welcome you today to Stratford Heights Church of God. We miss him. We know there's nobody like Gary, but we miss him. And uh, we want to welcome you for being here, and I want you to help me do something this morning to say hello to all of our people that are watching uh, by internet, by live stream, 
uh, we want to say Merry Christmas to all those that are viewing us right now. Okay, can we do that at the count of three? We'll just say Merry Christmas. One, two, three. Merry Christmas! And that's to all of you wonderful people that are watching us the live stream this morning. Thank you for being a part of our congregation today. And thank you for being here to worship the Lord this morning. It's so good to be in God's house. And don't you feel a comfort when you come to God's house? You get in, you feel so safe from the world. I used to, when I was a little girl and I first got saved, I used to wish I could stay at church all the time and just live here. But I knew I couldn't do that, but I'd get to church and I'd think, oh, I don't ever want to leave these, these walls because inside there was such peace and such worship and things that just fed my soul. So we're glad that you chose to come today. And we want to uh, remind you that tonight is our uh, Christmas celebration banquet for all those that have registered and it is full. So thank you, all of you that have, have signed up already and are planning to come with us to the banquet tonight. We'll know we'll have a good time. And then uh, December the 28th is going to be our family communion service, and we do this every year to uh, uh, just to have a time of fellowship with God and start the end the old year and start the new year. And you that read your Bibles through this year, please sign up in the foyer because we want to give you a certificate. So if you would just do that, there's a sign-in sheet out there. Please sign up that you read your Bible through. And maybe some of you might even consider reading your Bible through in 2015. That would be a good determination to set, that you're going to read your Bible through in 2015. You can do that. We know you can. So please remember that, and um, I think um, that's probably all the things I need to remind you of, but I want to welcome all of our guests today and tell you how much we appreciate you being here, and thank you for coming, and we just ask you to stay seated while we have all of our members and regular, attend regular attenders to stand at this time, and uh, look around and find all those beautiful people that are seated those are our guests, and you need to be sure that they get special attention today. So shake hands and greet one another and say Merry Christmas to everybody. God bless you.
morning that you came to this earth, Lord, to be the sacrifice that would set us free, that would break the chains that bind us, that would release all of our sin. Hallelujah. Oh, there's power in the name of Jesus. There is power.
up of all names. We've come today to praise that name, to lift that name up high. No matter what's going on in our lives, no matter who comes against us, no matter what trial, what challenge we have, we can go to one source, one name, and that's Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to take time right now to turn our attention to Israel. As I shared this morning in the early morning service, I'm so proud and so thankful that we have a church body that's made a decision to stand with Israel. Decision that's becoming less popular. We know that they're a despised nation in other parts of the world, but I thought we'd never see the day that in our own country, our own people, our own leaders would second guess their alignment with Israel. More than ever, us, Americans, need to stand up like we're doing here, draw a line in the sand and say, even though it's not popular, even though you may not like it, we're going to obey God's word. We will never fail to join with her and lift her up and encourage Israel to pray for her peace and her prosperity until the day that our Lord and Savior comes back for his church. Amen. So let's take time right now and let's be reverent and go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we're so thankful for your presence that's here this morning. Lord, we feel you. We've come to lift your name up high, and we've come to worship you and to obey your word. Lord, we join now together as one body as we pray and lift up the nation of Israel. Lord, we know it's not the popular thing to do in these times, but neither is obeying your word. And we choose to obey you in line with you and pray for the peace and prosperity of Israel. Ask that you would be with your people, that you would encourage them, that you would lift them up, and that you would protect them until our Lord and Savior comes for his church. In the name of your precious son, Jesus, we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for that heartfelt and very wise statements concerning Israel. Understand and know this, don't be the kind of people that fall prey to the politicizing that goes on in our society. Don't fall prey to that. Don't watch the news and make spiritual decisions based on anchors who don't really have a clue what's going on in the world. We will stand with Israel, no matter what the high school or the college says, no matter what the Democrats or the Republicans say, we will stand with the word of God that we will honor Israel. You look so good today. Good crowd. Wonderful to see you in God's house. If I don't get the opportunity to do it in person, I wish you the very best and most merry of Christmas. I pray that you will have a wonderful and blessed week together with your families as you gather them in. Hold them close. We're praying for several families this week that have lost loved ones, and we want to remember them, especially at Christmas. Very difficult time for any, anyone who's lost anyone, like perhaps in the, in the last year, because that first Christmas is pretty tough, but especially to those who've lost them recently. Let's, let's remember them. Also want to remember today, I wanted to bring to your attention, we don't we have the prayer needs and the list that's in your bulletin. I trust that you take that with you and during the week you pray over the needs that we have. They're listed there for you. But we also want to take the time. 
when there's something that comes along that, that's pretty serious and pretty critical, we want to, to bring it to the church's attention. And I, I want to bring to you a little girl that I am just absolutely heartbroken over. A little girl named Charlie. That's a cute name for a girl, isn't it? I like it. She's a little over two years old, and she is struggling and fighting right now at Children's Hospital in Cincinnati. She is a dynamic little girl, is full of life, and she is in need of prayer. They have diagnosed her with a disease that, you know, it, it just, it's devastating, the, the contemplation of this disease and what kind of kind of effects it may have on her but you know we believe in a greater God and greater report and greater physician and may I testify to you and many of you know through the Facebook prayer chain that we are already seeing good good news and good reports coming back I'm just going to follow it all the way through not because I am anything how many of you know it's not by might nor by power but by the spirit of the Lord and I'm looking at a few folks in here that received bad news but they're sitting here today praising God and they believe in the power because the power of God was there. And I've seen folks in this place who were diagnosed with diseases and things like this that were detrimental and stage four. But here they are today in the house of the Lord worshiping God. How many of you know he is a healing God? He's a healing God. I thank God, and I always, in my prayers at hospitals, I thank God for the doctors and nurses, anesthesiologists, and everyone who's caregivers for anyone going into the hospital. One of our very disciples, Luke himself, was a, was a medical professional, and we praise God and thank God for them. But there are times they can only do so much. Our faith sometimes has to go beyond their report. And that's what we're looking for today. So when we pray, I want us to pray for little Charlie. This is the granddaughter of Lenny and Cindy Robinson. So if you would keep her in your prayers. How many would say, okay, pastor, you know what? I'm going to commit to praying for little Charlie. I want to see your hand saying, I'm going to pray for her. Amen. Amen. Hundreds of you. Thank you. I'm going to pray also for a lady, a wonderful lady that I've known for several years through the hospital at Atrium, and, and she also, her family has attended here in the past this young lady, you might have heard about the 17-year-old that was killed on the highway at 122 in Dixie Highway here in Middletown the other morning at 6 a.m. Well, Lisa Manning was driving that car, and she is a devout, wonderful Christian young lady, loves the Lord with all of her heart, and she is absolutely distraught. And she is overwhelmed with the burden and the weight of what has happened in this accident. She has received good news from the family who recognized that it was an accident. They don't want her to carry this. But in speaking with her yesterday, I was able to, to hear the brokenness in her voice. And it just tore me up. I want us to remember Lisa Manning as well in prayers. The family as well uh, for this young man, the Sheik family here in Middletown. We want to remember them and their loss. Uh, and as I mentioned, so many. The Puckett, several folks that have lost loved ones over the last week and some over the last couple of weeks. The Ketchums, many folks have lost loved ones, and we want to remember them today. Chris, we want to remember you and your boys and their family. So many of you need, but we want to. Would you stand with me just for a moment, and I would like us to go to the Lord in prayer for these very specific needs. As well, our ushers are coming to serve you, and as they come, this is appropriately an opportunity for us to worship God. We don't demand ourselves as a church or 
We don't demand of one another. What we provide is an opportunity for you to worship the Lord. How many of you would say, boy, I can testify. I have been blessed. You know what they say? They say that if you have a roof over your head, a place to sleep, and 75 cents jangling around in your pocket, you are in the top 5% of the richest people on the face of the earth. Now let me ask it again. How many of you are blessed? We thank God today for where we are. You know, I've looked many times at the caves and the, the places where others live around the world. I've walked among the city, of the gypsy city in Romania, where people literally had taken scraps of metal and tires and wood and all kinds of just things they pick up alongside of the road, and that was their house. And uh, I helped a little lady as she was trying to move a tire because she wanted her guests to be able to sit down on the tires. We're blessed today. So as you remember your gifts to the Lord, remember you don't pay them out of an obligation or a duty to any man. You pay them out of honor and glory to what God has done in your life. And so as we give today, know it's an act of worship. Amen? An act of worship. Every offering, our offering goes to World Missions. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for all of you that have donated and given to help with Christmas baskets and children. Over Last count, I remember it was somewhere around 60, 65 children that you have been able to minister to through different ministries in our church who will have a Christmas. One lady in particular, I'd never call her name. She came to me and she said, Pastor, I, am, I have been blessed and I want to bless families at Christmas. And so she has been able to do that through a donation and a gift that she's given. And right now we're at count at five different families that she's been able to make Christmas for this year. And she is just blessed and the Lord is blessing these families and he just uses us together. Amen. That's what's important about our gifts. Not ritual, not religion, not duty and obligation, but worship. Let's give today. Father, as we come, we thank you for the privilege. We thank you that you've blessed us, that, Lord, we have this moment in time where we can worship you with our gifts. I pray that you will touch and minister, Lord, to the many that are here today, many in need, God, that we continue to be burdened for and want to help. We pray that you will touch them through the ministries of Stratford Heights Church, that we're one among many that do our best to try to help and to do what we can. I pray that you will bless and touch every giver and every gift. And Lord, we praise you today and thank you for your peace that comes to those who need comfort. Pray that you will touch all of the families in our church that have lost loved ones. We're praying as well for the Bill Daniels family who had a funeral this week, today actually, and they need prayer and comfort. I ask you, Father, and we as a congregation come before you to believe you for little Charlie. We ask you to bless her, strengthen her, touch her now in that unit at the hospital in Cincinnati where she's at even in this moment. Let your presence and your power just overwhelm that room. Anoint doctors with wisdom and grace to be able to deal with the issues in her, in her life. And we pray, God, that you will heal her, that you will touch her that your grace and guidance will lead her into a complete victorious testimony for her family and for those who love her, God, to give you the praise for what you've done. We're looking for the good report, and we thank you for it today. Pray that you will touch Lisa Manning, 
that, Lord, your presence would comfort her and strengthen her as she carries such a weight and such a burden. We ask you, Father, to let your peace prevail in the situation in her life. And, Lord, as well, for the Sheik family who lost this young man, we ask your, Lord, comfort to be with them, your strength to be with them. As it touches our hearts at Christmas, we just pray in the name of Jesus for all those who have need. We can't meet their needs in ourselves, but, God, we come to you. We ask you to minister to their needs. We know that you, Lord, can supply all of our needs according to your riches in heaven. So we give you praise. We thank you for the gifts. We thank you for tithe. We thank you, Lord, for missionaries around the world that we will bless today in Christmas. And we ask it all in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone agreed together and said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated.
<laughs> testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one. Testing. They work too hard on this. Let's let them do. How many are in favor of them starting over again? All right. Okay, do good, okay? All right. those people clapping? I think that means you did a good job. 
Hey, come this way. <laughs> oh, okay, well, you can sit right there. So you guys doing good today? Yeah? Yeah? What does this week represent? What is this week that's really special that makes it different than any other week? Christmas. Christmas. You guys were just singing a song about telling the story about Jesus, right? Well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do it this way, though. I'm going to put a picture on the screen, and when this picture comes up, I want you to tell me what does that mean. Now, raise your hand so those we want to hear everybody say it at the same time. So if you know it, raise your hand, and I'll call on you, and then I want you to tell us what that represents in the story of Jesus, okay? Let's get ready. Let's see what the first one is. Ready? Okay. What is that? Okay, what does that mean? Hold on. Let me grab a mic. Can somebody get a mic for me quickly? Thank you. Okay, you tell us. What does that picture say to you? The star of David. The star? What about the star? What was so good about the star? Um, It was light for the shepherds when they were going to see Jesus. Okay, very good. So the star was part of the story of Jesus, is that right? Who saw the star? The angels. Well, I, I know the angels saw them, didn't they? Who else? The shepherds. The shepherds did. What did the star do for the shepherds? It led them to Jesus. It led them to where Jesus was. Now, let's look at the very next picture. Now, what does that represent? What about you? An angel told Mary that she was having a baby. Yeah. An angel told Mary that she was having a baby. Absolutely. You see, what had happened was Mary, who was a young lady, was going to get married to who? To Joseph. And she was told by an angel that she was going to have a baby. Now, was this a normal everyday kind of baby? No, what made this baby special? What? Here. That it was Jesus? It was Jesus. Now, who is Jesus? Our God and our Savior. Our God and our Savior. He came to the earth, didn't he? Why did Jesus come to the earth? There you go. To forgive us. To forgive us. Amen. That's very good. You're going to be a preacher, aren't you? I can tell. (laughs) Very good. Yes, to forgive us. He came to be our Savior. And he came in a beautiful, wonderful way. He came in a miracle. Because Mary was not married yet, but she had a heavenly baby. Say the word, heavenly baby. It was a heavenly baby straight from the Lord. Now here's the next picture. So they traveled. Now, why were they traveling? You. To see Jesus. Well, they were, that was Mary, and that's good. They wanted to see him, but what, who, what were they doing right there? Traveling on a donkey. They were traveling on a donkey. Where were they going? To Egypt. No, not yet. They were going, they were, you're ahead of the game. Bethlehem. They were going to Bethlehem. What was in Bethlehem? The inns? 
there was an end to stay in, right? You see, what had happened was Caesar Augustus, he, he set up and he had a census. In other words, everybody had to go report. How many of you ever had to report, make a report before? You ever had to do that in school or anything? How many of you are in school? Most all of you. Some of you, it's coming. <laughs> they had to give a report. They had to report to Bethlehem. And when they went to Bethlehem, everybody had to go back to their hometown. How many of you were born in Ohio? How many of you were born outside of Ohio? Ah, where were you born? Tennessee. You're a ridge runner. Where were you born? You were born in Iowa? Very good. Anybody else? Everybody else is Ohio? Well, these folks, it was kind of like that. Everybody had to go back to their home state. They had to go back to where they were originally from. That would be like you and your family had to get on a donkey and go to Tennessee. And your family had to get on a donkey and go all the way to Iowa. It would take a long time, wouldn't it? Well, they didn't really have to go that far, but Mary was going to have a baby. Not a normal baby, but Jesus, right? So she and Joseph are on their way to Bethlehem. Now let's look at the next picture. They get to the inn in Bethlehem, and she's about ready to have baby Jesus. But what does the innkeeper say to them when they get there? (laughs) There's no room in the inn. There was no room. There was no room in the inn for them. The place was packed out, and it had taken them so long to get there from their journey that they didn't have any extra room. So did that mean they had to go to another hotel? No. They went where? To a manger. They went out back where the smelly animals were, and they had to be in a stable, and it had there a manger. Now, does anybody know what a manger is? What's a manger? It's like a a place where you put baby animals. Well, I would imagine you could put them there. Owen? whatever they eat. Exactly. It was kind of like, a. how many of you ever have a cereal and you have a bowl? It was kind of like a big animal bowl. The animals would go in there and eat out of that, but that was the only bed that they had for Jesus. So when the baby was born, here's the picture, they put the baby in a manger. It was there a minute ago. So Mary and Joseph were out back in the stable with only a manger to put the baby in. And there was where the Son of God came from heaven. Let's look at the next picture. Now, there were shepherds in a field not very far away. And what happened there, Ben? Um, the shepherds followed the angel. The, the angel told them where to go, right? Told them to follow what? The star, right, exactly. And they followed a star all the way to Bethlehem, and there they found the baby. What did they do when they found Jesus? Yeah, hold on. They bowed down to worship him. Exactly. They bowed down to worship him. What's the next picture? What does that represent, Isaiah? I forget. (laughs) That represents...
represents that they were in the manger, that they all came together, and that there were kings as well. Does anybody know where the kings came from? Where'd the kings come from? Yeah? From far away places, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, they came from far. But wait, what did they bring to Jesus? Yeah. Gold, silver, gold, silver. I have an idea. Gold, myrrh, and frankincense. Exactly. And that's what you were trying to say, wasn't it? Well, that's exactly what they did. They brought the gifts the kings brought to Jesus these gifts, and they brought them so that they wanted to worship him. Kind of saying, you know, the shepherds that came, they were kind of like the guys working out in the field, and yet the kings came as well, and they wanted to worship him too. What that says to us is that everybody, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you're a king, or whether you're a shepherd, or whether you work at Walmart, or you work at a gas station, or you work at my favorite restaurant, Olive Garden, or you work in any place like that, or you work governor, or you work in the president's office. Whoever you are, you should worship Jesus. How many of you have Jesus in your heart today? Wonderful, wonderful. Always remember what Christmas really, really means. Is it always about the gifts that you get? No. It's about the gift that came from heaven, right? What is the gift that comes from heaven? Jesus, exactly. Well, I'm going to pray with you right now, okay? Thank you. You sang so beautiful today, and you made my whole Christmas. And now I feel really good, too, because apparently we're, we're doing a good job of teaching you, not only in our families, but also in your church about the truth of Jesus. So that's important to me, too. So I want us to pray and thank God now, okay? Let's all pray. Lord, as we come before you today, I thank you for each of these children. I thank you, Lord, for what I hear in their hearts, the truth that comes out of their heart, that they know who you are. I pray that you will bless them and their families this week and all throughout the year. May they always feel close to you, Lord, and may they always remember never to be so busy with all of the food and the prizes and the gifts and all of the lights that they forget about the one light, the star that shone over Bethlehem. I pray that they will always remember the gift that comes from heaven, the gift of your son, the gift of Jesus, who has come to be our savior and to take away all of our sins and to give us life eternal in heaven forever. I thank you for this today, Lord, and I thank you for each of our kids. They're wonderful and we're blessed, Lord, today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, God bless you guys. Thank you. You can go now. I'll see you. Aren't they awesome? Always want to make sure that we give honor to the Lord and, and we thank Him for the gifts that we have in our church. I'm thankful this morning for all of the folks who work with our children from the nursery all the way up through our, our preschool, our kindergarten, our elementary age, and even those teenagers. I'm thankful for the folks who dedicate and give their time. You know, it would be easy to just say, you know what, I want to sit. I just want to, 
I just want to receive. It's easy to do that sometimes, and I know sometimes it's almost necessary. We get so tired and we get so weary from life. But I thank you. If you work with children, if you work with teens, if you work with our babies, thank you for what you're pouring in. Obviously, you heard that it's paying off. There's nothing greater than to know that our children are walking in the blessed truth of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I want to thank Cameron, Whitney, Blakely, and Presley for being up with us today to represent our last Sunday in the Advent as we light the candle of love. We're also going to light the center candle, which is Christ, which means we celebrate the love that comes to us at Christmas, who is Jesus. So as we do that, would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. They were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you this morning. We honor you for your word, for your gift, for love that comes to us at Christmas. I thank you for your presence and the gospel message that has changed lives forever. One holy night, you turned everything around and fulfilled the very hope and peace and the joy of every life that would ever look to you in faith. I pray that you will minister now through your word. Speak to us by your Holy Spirit as we never fail to give you the honor, the praise, and all of the glory in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to thank Cameron and Whitney, Blakely and Presley for representing us today. We're excited to have them in their very first advent here at Stratford Heights Church. As you know, Cameron came to us uh, this last few months, and he's been serving in our youth ministry. Young people, do you appreciate Cameron and Whitney and Blakely and Presley? We love them, and we're glad that they're with us, and, and what a wonderful job he's doing. 
So we begin to look into that night. So we begin to search out the meaning of love found at Christmas. It does go back to one holy night. And I want to thank Jane Jewell, who has agreed, and I asked her several weeks back to, to prepare to sing a song today, today to take us back to that night, to the manger, and to what it means.
Amen. Thank you, Sister Jane. Beautiful song. Beautiful night when Christ was born. Christina Rossetti, back in 1885, wrote a beautiful poem. My mother loved Christina, and she read almost all of her writings. She wrote this about that night. She said, love came down at Christmas. Love, all lovely. Love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Star and angels gave the sign. Worship we the Godhead. Love incarnate. Love divine. Worship we our Jesus. But wherewith for sacred sign. Love shall be our token. Love shall be yours and love be mine. Love to God and to all men. Love for plea and gift and sign. We talk over the weeks of Advent about the gifts of love, peace, joy, hope. The gifts that come at Christmas that give us the very essence and and definition of what we believe the coming of Christ represented. In all of those things, you'll find the hope that we carry throughout our lives. There are times I need hope. There are times I need peace. There are times I experience His unconditional and overwhelming love, and I am blown away. There are times that I know His joy. These are the things that last, things that are eternal, things that literally change our lives. It all basically comes down to who God is, and we know God is love. And on that one night that Jane sang about, that one holy night, that night, although quite remarkable in its details, there was supernatural activity, but yet at the same time, it seemed also to contain a very ordinary kind of event. On one hand, it was extraordinary, and it was wonder and signs, and on the other, it was very very ordinary, natural, and almost silent. First John chapter 4 and verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. What I love about His coming was it was announced by the angel. There was the star in the heavens that led the the shepherds. There There was supernatural, but it was for those who by faith were looking to the rest of the world. It was just a normal, average night. Nothing very spectacular took place. That's really the most amazing part of his coming. What speaks to me the most is how he came. I'm reminded of the different things he's done in the word. Parting of the Red Sea. The fire that fell at Mount Carmel. The children, the Hebrew children dancing 
in the furnace, furnace fire. You hear and see so many things that Jesus walking across the water. You, you know and you understand the manna that fell from heaven. These things were signs. They were wonders. They were amazing. They were supernatural. When God does things, he does it big. When Elijah was carried off into the heavens, the chariot of fire came, picked him up, and roared through the heavens. God does big things. God's about doing them spectacular. So isn't it really amazing that... When it came to the birth of his son, brought to the earth, heaven comes down to earth with the hope, the Messiah, the promise. And it's very quiet, silent, ordinary. That's pretty amazing. God don't normally do things like that. He normally does them big. But we see that there must be a message. There has to be a message that God is sending us through the little stable in the back behind the inn in Bethlehem. There must be more than just a cantata scene. There must be more than just a cute pageant and a nativity. Which this is so special and beautiful to me. Coming up on 60 years old, this was made by ladies in our church back at Clayton Street. And it's been protected and preserved all these years. And I keep asking them to bring it back out. Richard brought it out and set it here the other night. It's things like this that we've, we've made that night incredibly special. But if you go back to it, it really stunk you know what I mean manure animals a manger a feeding trough out back it really wasn't anything to write home about but yet Jesus came and when he came this is the way he chose to come and I know and I believe there's a message for us in the few minutes I have that lets us know why he came like that. You know, I, I've been privileged to be around different people, important people in the world. I, I've met a few senators, and I always kind of hobnob. I, I've shaken the hands of the mayor. You know, I've done those type of things, and that's always cool, and I always like that. You know, I ran into Anthony Munoz the other day. It was awesome. I was at the, the Kenwood Mall, and I'm walking past, and there he is standing about 30 feet tall, and I, I looked at him, and I went, you. <laughs> he goes, yeah. <laughs> and I said, oh, man. I shook his hand. I was just like, yeah, you. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you, too. And I was just like, I turned to Richard, and I was just like, that was Anthony Munoz. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we're buds. We're friends now. <laughs> I'll never forget the time I was at the Voice of America for the big rally with George Bush when he was running for president again, the second term, and, and he was there making a big speech, and he, he was just, I was excited, I was standing off to the side, and there was all these, you know, entourage of people, and the bus was over here, the big decorated bus, and he comes running off the stage, and I was right here at the edge, and he was coming down through this area here, and I was just like, Mr. President, he looks at me and he goes, 
Me and George are friends too. <laughs> Need I even tell you, if you've been on my Facebook, you know I've stood with Olivia Newton-John as well. <laughs> that lady loves me. <laughs> I've had the privilege of being around some of these people, and yet I also know that's a very protected kind of, you know, uh, uh, invitation, if, if you would call it that. It, to be around them means you're around a lot of security, and you really can't have a private conversation with them, and you certainly won't be invited to their homes or their palaces for tea. I've learned in this life that there are important people and famous people and celebrities and there's governors and presidents and people that we really can't get close to. When you think about why Jesus came like he did, the very first thought you have is that he came so that I wouldn't have to go through all that to get to him. You see, there was one particular morning I was praying and I I was talking to the Lord about how magnificent and he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And I was like, Lord, you know, I'm so thankful for your presence in my life. I'm thankful you're the king of the universe. And, you know, you're the greatest, the grandest. And, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, and he was just like, and I'm your friend. And I was like, yeah, me and the Lord are friends. Me and the Lord. I'm not afraid to approach him. I'm not afraid to talk to him. As a matter of fact, I talked to him very early this morning. And he was right there, Jay. He was right there. I talked to him about the service today. I talked to him about little Charlie this morning. and He listened. And he was there. I could, I could try, you know. I could call Buckingham Palace. I'm probably not going to get tea with the queen I doubt very seriously if I called up the White House, I could get an afternoon with Barack, our president. I doubt very seriously if I could, you know, have all these important people in my life just whenever I want. But I've learned something amazing about how Jesus came. He came so that I could approach him. He came in a way that he relates to me. He came in a way that made him real to me. He came in love. There have been many 24-hour days that have changed the world. A lot of different times and seasons where, where history has proven that one night can change everything. I've gotten to the point now where when I turn on the news because of the day and the hour that we're living in, one of the things I listen to and I hear quite often, almost too many times, is, well, this breaking news overnight. There have been some important nights. Seems like we have more now than ever, I woke up this morning to hear of the two policemen that were, that were killed in New York City, and that broke my heart. Seems like our society needs peace, needs love, needs hope, needs joy as they've never needed it before. April 14, 1865, America went to bed thinking that the long, bloody war between the states was over and they woke up to find out that President Abraham Lincoln had been assassinated. The world had changed. On December 6, 1941, America went to bed. They thought everything was fine in America. God bless us. We're not at least a part of all that Asian-European war going on over the pond. We're not a part of all that until they woke up 
December 7th and found out that the Japanese had attacked Pearl Harbor and we were now in the middle of a war. June 5th, 1944, the world went to bed wondering when Adolf Hitler and his Nazi regime would tumble. They awoke the next day to Normandy in the D-Day. Nights have brought radical change to the world. Things have transpired that have changed everything in a second, in a moment. Too many times, that's tragic. But this night, the night we sang about, this holy night, little did the world know that when they went to bed that night, when Bethlehem shut its eyes, when Jerusalem closed the temple doors, when King Herod marched into his palace bedroom, closed the blinds and there began to fall asleep. Little did all of them know that within a few hours, the entire world would change. That God was going to interact, transact eternal business overnight. Don't ever underestimate the power that is behind God. God can change anything on a dime. He can turn anything around. And that night he did. That night, very quietly, with no pomp and circumstance, no parties, no chariots of fire, no manna from heaven, no water from a rock, there in the quiet little cave in the back of a hill, he allowed his son to be born. He came to the earth. The shepherds were watching their sheep. The people in the village were asleep. King Herod had no idea that things were changing. To anyone else looking on, it was a common, ordinary night. But love came down through the ozone, down through the stars, made its way into the promise of Bethlehem, the prophecy fulfilled, and there, even though people weren't waiting, people weren't looking, there was no room in the inn. Nobody was expecting there, yet anyhow, God brought love to the earth. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and arrow pining till he appeared in the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. Oh, night divine. Oh, night when Christ was born. Love came streaming down from heaven. Gave us hope, peace, and joy all wrapped up in that beautiful gift of love. There the Savior brought the greatest gift we'll ever receive in all of our lives. Looking into the manger, we see something there perhaps more extraordinary than the raising of the dead. More extraordinary, absolutely, than the manna that came from heaven or the parting of the Red Sea. More in, invaluable and treasured, treasured above all other prizes in this world was the gift that came that night wrapped in strips of cloth. You see, that night God invaded human history 
there in a tiny, helpless little baby, he gave us the extraordinary, extraordinary, changed everything. Night was transformed. Life would never be the same. The very system of religion would change. Grace and faith would come alive to Christ. There would be the promise of God to the earth. But it came in an amazing way. When, have you ever read the Christmas story? And then when, it, when the shepherds were listening, when the shepherds are there and they're watching, they're looking at the star, they're looking at the, the angel, they're, they're looking at all around, they hear the heavenly host, and, and the angel looks at them and this shall be a sign to you. I mean, did you ever think about the fact that here we are, we've waited all these generations for the promise, we've waited for the prophecy to be unfolded right in our eyes, we're waiting for the big event, because with God there are always big events. And the angel says, you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. I mean, don't you think for a minute that they were like, what? Do you know how many babies are born in one night in any particular city? How is this baby any different than any other baby? And what is this? How does this look like a sign? The Greek word that it uses in that very verse is a word called semion. Semion means supernatural sign, wonder, a mystery. And I'm like, really? A baby? Not even in a, in a, a pretty robe, just strips of cloth? And not lying in, in a bed at the inn, at the Holy Day Inn? Not a special palace or but a manger, a feeding trough for animals? What's so Samion about that? I mean, God, what are you trying to say? This is your sign? I mean, we honestly thought, and this shall be your sign. The, ba the, the human will come through the palaces of the great land uh, of authorities. He, he will come in a chariot of fire and, and horses full of, of power. He will come in a way that, that causes the earth to shake and to tremble. He will come and his presence will darken the sky and the blood will, the moon will turn to blood. Surely we expected and they expected something. As a matter of fact, perhaps that is exactly why Bethlehem was sleeping. Because all along they've been waiting on a sign bigger than life. They've been waiting on this huge supernatural Samion. They've been waiting for this beautiful display. Perhaps the stars would align and spell Emmanuel across the sky or, or fireworks from heaven would just begin to explode all over the hillside. Surely there would be some huge announcement. Let's go to bed. It's not tonight. And yet, As the angel went looking for someone who was waiting, for someone who would really hear. There are a lot of people that will come to church today. You'll even be sitting out in the audience today, and you won't get it. 
What's all the fuss about? What do they light them candles for? What's she sing that song for? What's the children? What are they trying to pour into these kids? What in the world's going on here? You probably won't get it. You'll be like most of the rest of the world. You'll ignore it and completely not get it. But there's some. I thank God that I'm one of them. There's some that honestly, honestly is looking and waiting and watching. You're looking for him to come. And these shepherds, when God went looking for someone who would receive the message, he didn't go to the palace, he didn't go to the church. He went, as I pointed out last week, he went to David's field. He found a couple of low-life outcast shepherds who just believed what Grandma told them. And when they saw the angel, the host of heaven, they were ready to receive. And it says they made haste and went off to Bethlehem to find this thing that had happened. They were ready for it. You've got to prepare and be ready in your heart or you'll miss it. The promise came. The Messiah came. The truths of God's word were fulfilled right in front of the whole world. Right in front of the church. Right in front of everybody. You can be, there is experiences, encounters of God's goodness and the depth of spirituality that is right there in front of you, but you miss it. You're not seeing it. You're not hearing it. You hear preachers, you hear songs, you hear messages, and yet you just don't get it. Why? Because by faith, you are not searching through your hope and your faith to receive the message that is coming from heaven. Jesus is speaking. God is speaking. The power of the the, the Holy Spirit is present in the earth, and he's doing a last hour uh, mission and responsibility is happening. God's fulfilling his end. He's doing his job. He'll finish what he started. The Bible is clear to point out that everybody won't see it. So instead of sitting back in your life, and because you don't see or you don't feel or you don't know or you don't have the faith to, to, to act on things spiritual and things that are supernatural, because it's too simple for you. You see, they didn't see They did not see the birth of the Son of God in Bethlehem because it was too simple. Don't be guilty of that yourself. Don't wait for something that's not coming. Christ is here. And he went away and he sent his spirit and his spirit is here. And he is preparing the hearts of his people Who is going to see his coming? The Bible says those that are looking for his coming. Be very careful to hear what's being said from heaven. Be very careful to hear what's being shown and you can see. Be careful not to miss the grand events of God's heaven and his love that's come to the earth. Don't miss it because you're so caught up in what you think it ought to be like or how you feel it ought to go. It's a mystery that God came like he did, but don't you miss it. He came, and when he came, he came as a baby. Why a baby? So that he could relate to you and I at every, at every scale of humanity. 
you're neither rich, you're neither poor, you're neither smart or dumb, you're neither, you know, famous or not famous, you're either high up or you're low down, it doesn't matter, as a baby, you're just born. So he came as a baby, he came as a baby to let us know he's human, and he fits at every level of society. That was important, that was a message that was important. Heaven wanted you to know that there are no big I's and little U's. He didn't come. He wanted to make sure you knew it wasn't, you know, just those that go to a certain hotel or those who are part of a certain church or a certain religion. He didn't want it to be like that. He said, I'm going to come and I'm going to be on the backside of the hill with the animals because that's my creation. Those are my animals. I made them. I designed them. I created them. I brought them to life. And I feel more comfortable with them than I do sometimes the creation that's looking for all the wrong things. He found in that little stable his own creation with no hindering spirits. And there he was born to scream to the entire world a message that says, I've come to be human, fully God, fully man. I've come to be human. And then it says, interestingly enough, this shall be a sign. You shall find a baby, human. And he shall be wrapped in swaddling clothes. Now that is a sign? That's a sign, Lord? Oh, Immediately, I began to see. I went and did research on swaddling clothes. You know, it was strips of cloth they wrapped up the babies with because of the elements, the harshness of sickness. And they didn't have, like, urgent care like we got. So they were literally, they would wrap the baby in strips of cloth, all the appendages, and wrap it around. And they would, like, mummify the little baby. That way it was kept warm and it was kept safe. And that was a way that they, they brought the baby into the world. And it was interesting. When I started looking at that, I thought, wow, he kind of came in the way he went out. He kind of came in, wrapped up and bound. He went out, wrapped up and bound and then loosed. And I thought, that's That's awesome. What do the strips of cloth represent? They represent the helplessness. Protected, guarded by his mother. Kept from the elements. He was protected. He came for the helpless. He wanted to be able to identify with those who have no power or strength within themselves. People who cannot save themselves, cannot rescue themselves. And that is the greatest truth about love that I think there is for anyone to ever hear. And that is that God loves you unconditionally right now as good as he ever has good bad and ugly he loves you and he loves you because you cannot help yourself he must rescue he must be a savior he must come on the scene and change life for you because you have no goodness no righteousness without him he came as a human he came helpless so that he could identify with those of us who can barely lift our heads Now, if you're so religiously clean and righteous, and if you're so good that you can't understand that, well, then I'd like to sit down with you for about 15, 20 minutes and understand what in the world you did to be so perfect. 
But for the rest of us here, I understand a Savior who wanted to come and have no boundaries or limits that would hold him back from getting to me. I don't have to go through secret service. I don't have to make an appointment. I don't have to worry about getting through the guard. All I got to do is come boldly before the throne of grace. And I am received by the King of Kings. He's famous. He's more famous than any celebrity. He's higher than any other king or God or president anywhere on earth. He is higher than any human. There ain't a governor. There ain't a principality. There isn't an authority anywhere on earth that is more celebrity than he is. And yet, he woke me up this morning. He shared with me and talked with me and communed with me. I felt his presence when I came in his house today. When we sang this morning, I felt the Holy Spirit putting his, his unction on the words of the song and the beautiful vocals. And he was letting us know it was indeed a holy night, a star-filled night, a supernatural night. But understand that in all of that wonder and in all of that sign and in all of that supernatural, there was the ordinary And he didn't do that for heaven. He did that for you, for me. Him coming ordinary actually becomes extraordinary. Because he deserves so much more. Amen? He deserved the pomp and the circumstance. He deserved the parade. He deserved the entourage. But he didn't get that. They Because there'll be someone who's broken, who's helpless, who absolutely cannot help themselves. And they will dare to look into a manger? A manger? So lastly, came as a baby to be human, strips of cloth to be helpless. And in a manger to be humble. He receives you. He welcomes you. He loves you. I remember as a young man, and I was trying to establish myself in faith. Marty, many times I'd get down in my bedroom by the window and I'd stare out the sky and I'd have failures. I remember looking up into heaven, I would say, Well, here I am again. Say, Lord, I don't even want to ask you. I mean, I feel so unworthy to even ask you. I've messed up and failed you so many times. And you know what he said to me one night in particular? I'll never forget the night. The Lord looked right into my spirit and right into my heart and he said, 70 times 7, ask me. I said, oh, but Lord, I've done so, you know, I've done this, I've done that, I, I I failed you 1,485 times. He said, 70 times 7. Ask me. And I said, will you? And I felt a rush of his presence. I felt his presence. I felt his love. I didn't deserve it. I was unworthy of it. But I felt it. Oh, don't hold. Don't hold grudges. Don't hold unforgiveness. Don't hold, man, experience the beauty of God's love and then give it away as often as you can.
that's the most amazing feature of God coming to this earth is how that when he came bringing the gifts, they turn around and become such a blessing in our own hands to give away to others. The key to living a good, spiritual, clean, wonderful life is to be human. To be helpless. To be humble. As you invite and give that Savior your life, it changes everything. Changes everything. You go in one way, you come out another. Like one transformational historical night. He came to change us. Would you stand with me this morning? Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7 says, But made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, one of those mornings that the Lord was speaking to me and letting me see, man, you don't have to worry about all the celebrities in the world. One day they'll bow just like you did. No matter who they are, we may not be able to get to them right now, but I'm telling you, they'll bow just like we will, just like we have. God loves you. The depths and understanding of his mysteries is amazing. He could have come in a throne. He could have come in a palace. He could have come highfalutin and snobby. He would have been well received by the world, but he came humbly, helpless as a baby so that you wouldn't have any trouble stepping up to come to him. I'm so thankful for his love today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. He loves you. He doesn't seek your vote. He's not seeking for any position. He just wants your trust. Your trust. This Sunday morning before Christmas comes this week and you're with your family enjoy the times that you have with them I, I wonder if you'd be able to make a decision this morning that would change everything for you he came so that you could come to him and I would ask you this morning do you know him as your savior do you know him as your lord have you experienced the love of God in your life are you one that gets it Hearing, are you here? Hearing it, are you seeing? There's a message of love. It's found in the cradled lap of Mary. In a manger where he comes to identify with you. 
oh, I want you to know him as your savior this morning. I want this to be the most important service that you've ever been in. I want it to speak to your heart. I want you right now to be standing there under the convicting power of the Holy Spirit as he's knocking on your heart's door. I hope you're not cold and dormant and dead inside. I hope you're hearing the message of love. I hope that it's not too late for you. I hope that you can sense and know that heaven has come down for you. I pray for it this morning in the name of the Lord. And if you're here and you need that message to come alive in your own life, if you need to recognize and acknowledge that he came as a savior for you, that he wants to save your life, give you eternal life in heaven. He wants to forgive you of all of your failures and sins. He wants to be your savior. He wants Bethlehem to be born inside you. If you're here today and you need him, Right now, we're going to pray a prayer in just a moment. If you're here, you need to pray that prayer. Would you just slip up your hand and write back down wherever you're standing in this congregation? God bless you, sir. Anyone else? Thank God for this person that's lifted their hand. God bless you guys. I see your hands. Anyone else? I need Jesus this morning. I need the Savior. I don't want to leave here without it. I want Christmas to be born in my life. I want my life to be changed. God bless you. Thank you, ma'am. Anyone else? You're coming to Jesus, not the church. You're coming to Jesus. You're recognizing who he is as your Savior. Is there anyone else? In just this moment, we're going to pray. Just as you are, God bless you. All right, we're going to pray a prayer. Church, I want you to pray it with me. I want us to go together before the throne and take these, there's about four or five folks that have lifted their hand that want to accept Christ on this Christmas Sunday morning. Are you as excited as I am about that? Does it still matter to you when, when someone wants to accept Christ into their life and change their life? Don't ever let it get old. Don't ever let it get common. Don't ever let it become something that doesn't touch you. You're going to make the most important decision of your entire life. You're absolutely, you know, earth may not know it. Man, a lot of people around you may not be seeing it. It may not be a, be a big event. They'll put it in the front page of the Middletown Journal. But understand this. Heaven says that the angels rejoice over just one who comes to repentance in heaven. I'm telling you, there's a party fixing to go on. And Stratford Heights got its own section of angels that have been assigned. There may be happening all over the world, but we've got our own little group. And they're getting ready to party. Because they are excited that Christ, the star, the shepherds, Bethlehem, its message, the manger, it all has found effect in this house this morning. And it's not been found common. It's been found supernatural. Samion. It's a sign and a wonder to the message of love that comes from heaven. Amen. We're going to pray right now. If you lifted your hand, I want you to pray this with us. We're all going to pray it with you. We're all going to go right to the throne, and we're coming together. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. I believe you're the Son of God, that you came to the earth. You were born and you lived. You died, but you rose again. You purchased my salvation. You purchased it at Calvary's cross. And I accept you as my Lord. I make you Lord of my life. 
help me, for I'm helpless. I come to you. I need you. According to your word, I believe this in my heart. I accept you, and I profess you with my mouth. So I'm saved as good as anybody. And I'm going to heaven. And it's a Merry Christmas from my house. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So listen to me. Before we go, church, don't let it become common. Don't have sat through too many cantatas, too many Christmas carols, or too many sermons. Don't let it become common. You've got a few days. And I know you've got food to fix and you've got gifts to buy. Stop. Pause. Cherish the treasure that comes to us in that manger. And know that Christ is not a fairy tale. He's an extraordinary, supernatural gift from heaven. He's your Savior. I love you very much. Thank you for the cards and little trinkets and, and the goodies. I love those. Thank you for all the ways that you've blessed me this year. I'm so thankful for my church. I love my church. And I love every one of you so much. And I pray for you. And I wish you the very, very best Christmas you've ever had. This could be the Christmas that celebrates the coming year of the Lord. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Beautiful word from our pastor. He's going to be going to the lobby to meet all of our new folks and our guests. I do want to say today, welcome if there's family and friends that are in out of town. I know a lot of our college students are back uh, for the holidays, so that's a wonderful time. It's great to have you all. Uh, if you have made your reservations, we will see you later today. God bless you. Have a wonderful Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful week. Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight. We're happy tonight. Walking in a winter wonderland. Gone away.